Hello there. Hi. We're the Gore Gals. <laughs> In case you didn't know for some reason. Uh, if you weren't sure what podcast you were listening to, I guess. <laughs> My name is Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And we are going to talk to you about swamps today. Swamps! Yeah, I'm very excited that this is our theme. Me too! If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I love swamps. In theory. (laughs) I don't think I like them in real life because of all the mosquitoes. Like, I'm already, I already get bit by every mosquito that's outside. (laughs) So. Your whole body is just one mosquito bite. It's just one mosquito bite in the summer from, (laughs) from like May through October. It's just itchy everywhere. (laughs) Um, But I like the aesthetic of swamps. Mm-hmm. I love Spanish moss, as you know. Yes. Um, which isn't in all swamps, but it's in, you know, a lot of swamps. Like mm-hmm. the Louisiana swamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know, they're just like creepy and eerie. And yeah, but also gross. really beautiful. Yeah. Like, oh, like the princess and the frog. Um, yeah. I love watching that movie because they're like going through the swamp and it looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shrek. <laughs> Shrek also had a swamp. Uh huh. Had his own swamp. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is my swamp. <laughs> if only we were good at impressions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just did like your regular voice, but like a little deeper. <laughs> this is my this swamp. Is my like because there's no. <laughs> to trill so like how do you even make it sound scottish you don't i don't know mike myers did it he did it (laughs) this is my swamp (laughs) nailed it donkey donkey (laughs) anyway (laughs) um so i was really excited that um our fans voted for this one rather than fire, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm excited to do fire in the future. I know that we'll get there. It's been in the it's been in the contest a couple times, I but so but no, no one, one wants it, <laughs> which is surprising to me. I know, but we'll yeah. have to put like a real plunker next to it, like right. fire and lamp, dirt, dirt, <laughs> fire and lamp. <laughs> They're going to choose lamp, and then we're going to have to talk about lamp. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. Yeah, it's going to oh, suck. True. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so, I'm starting out today, and I will be talking about the bunyip. Ooh, the bunyip. Uh-huh. It sounds like a rabbit. So, every time... I- <laughs> well, it sounds like a, a Neopets version yes. of a rabbit. Uh-huh. Like, it would be called a bunyip, and it would have rabbit ears for sure, but uh-huh. then, like, probably another sort of something Some else. Some other animal hybrid, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the first thing I wrote down in my Google Doc for this episode is, bunyip is a cute name. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I was looking at, like, I mean, my preliminary Google search for this episode was, like, a jackpot. (laughs) Thank God. But, um, it, because Wikipedia had a list of legendary swamp creatures. Oh, nice. And I saw this one, and I was like, there is no way that this cute-ass name is going to be something worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, but... It's, I saw that it was an Australian legend, which piqued my interest, Ooh. Um, because Australia is very, very weird, <laughs> <laughs> and they have a lot of weird things going on it's true. in the Outback and the Billabongs, 
Yeah, they're, they're like regular animals are freaks. Yeah, so yeah, like it's a place I'm not super interested in going unless I'm just in a city. And even then, I'm mm. like, mm. um, still gotta check your shoes for yeah, something poisonous. For I don't know, spider. sharks. Any poisonous could be sharks. In there. <laughs> gotta check your no shoes for poisonous sharks. You never know. Australia, everything is out to get you. <laughs> well, you got me there. Um. <laughs> Uh, and as it turns out, the bunyip is not even remotely cute. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, very weird. No. So, I'm very excited. Um, the bunyip comes from Aboriginal folklore, and it was around for centuries before it was written down in any European records or anything. Interesting. Um, European settlers bought into the legend, like, wholeheartedly like nice they <laughs> as soon as they heard it they were like oh yeah i saw bunyip <laughs> the other day <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh because they just woke up that morning and found some poisonous sharks in their shoes so they're like yeah bunyip because bunyip was in my shoe <laughs> um and i mean a lot of it has to do with them settlers coming into this weird island that they have never seen before. Like, again, Australia is full of very strange creatures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, the first people from Europe to set foot on Australia were, like, prisoners. <laughs> and so, like, they're, the first thing they see is, like, I don't know, a kangaroo. Oh, my God. Or an echidna or, yeah. you know, anything like that. And they're like, what in God's name? <laughs> I should have been put to death. Like, I should have chosen death. <laughs> um, and then, so so they, I don't know, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Mm. That's for sure. So the the European settlers um, really latched onto this legend and united it under the most popular name, which was Bunyip, even though different Aboriginal tribes called it different things. So, mm. like... Um, one of the names is the Wowie Wowie. No, why did that one not catch on? <laughs> They're all really cute names. Um, one was the Yalu, mm-hmm. Kian Prati, and the Dongu. The Dongu? Uh-huh. Oh and there are a few more, but once Europeans got their hands on it, it just kind of became the Bunyip, and that was the end of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so... It's thought to lurk in swamps. Wonderful. Uh-huh. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Billabongs, riverbeds, and waterholes of southeastern Australia. Mm. Primarily places with um, kind of standing water, not necessarily running rushing water or anything. Okay. Um, they're not usually found in rivers or creeks, but there has been at least one report of a sighting in a river. Mm. So... He got out. (laughs) Yeah, you're not safe anywhere. (laughs) Um, It's been described by natives as amphibious and nocturnal. Mm. So you're probably okay during the day, but... mm. But Who knows? (laughs) But you definitely shouldn't go near water at night, which is, as a rule, that's, you know... That's usually a pretty good good rule. rule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bunyips can swim swiftly with fins or flippers. What? Wait, they have fins, fins and flippers? And or flippers. I don't know. And or. Oh, yeah. yikes. Okay, so we really don't know. What these yeah. Are. 
Um, they have a loud, roaring call, and they feed on crayfish, though some legends portray them as bloodthirsty predators. Yikes, that's why you want to stay away at night. Uh-huh. They um, particularly love women and children. Of course they do. <laughs> cool. Which is a bummer. Because <laughs> um, we are at least one of those things. <laughs> But what does it look like? No one is uh, 100% sure. Yikes. (laughs) It's been described in so many different ways that scholars believe it's just sort of like a catch-all when someone saw an animal and didn't know what it was. What? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, the settlers coming in and seeing all kinds of weird weird shit that they'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. And then being like, oh, that's a bunyip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, obviously. It must be a bunyip. (laughs) Right. Um, most descriptions do fall in line with one of two variations. So there's, one is resembling a seal slash swimming dog. Mm, Yeah. Or a long necked creature with a small head. Oh, oh, like, um, like Nessie? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, all of the other descriptions are, quote, ambiguous beyond categorization. Um, some of them included a giant starfish, a crocodile with a dog-shaped head, a 45-foot-long snake, an alligator covered in gray feathers. <laughs> what? <laughs> covered in gray feathers? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And there, were, there are other descriptions that are, like, some people saw, you know, feathers, like I said, mm-hmm. fins, tusks, claws, beards, <laughs> <laughs> a duck bill. What? A horse tail, oh my God. a single massive eye, <laughs> or countless eyes, depending on who you talk to. No. Uh, or a stomach mouth. Oh my gosh, like, like the one, um, the mapping word. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so the, all, of, all of these things have been described as a bunyip oh by gosh. people. And it seems that the only thing everyone can agree on is that it's large enough to eat a whole human. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. The one thing that I would wish were not true. Yeah, I don't know if I would like that or the countless eyes more (laughs) or the single massive eye. Um, Maybe the fact that it eats people is why no one really knows what it looks like. Oh, no. Yeah. The seal dog variety is most often described as being between four to six feet long, with um, a shaggy black or brown coat. Oh, yeah, sounds cute. I mean, big, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little too big to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> approachable. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, according to reports, these bunyips have round heads resembling a bulldog, prominent ears, no tail, and whiskers like a seal or an otter. Huh. Yeah. Was it just like a dingo out for a midnight swim? I don't know. Hmm. Um, the long-necked variety is allegedly between 5 to 15 feet long. Oh. Which is a huge discrepancy. <laughs> well, maybe someone saw a baby. <laughs> um, it's said to have black or brown fur, large ears, small tusks, Ooh. a head like a horse or an emu. Uh, very different. Yep. An elongated maned neck, about three feet long, hmm. um, with many folds of skin Ew. and a horse-like tail. <laughs> Yikes. So this is... <laughs> the, the true monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
this is like something a kid would draw, you know, like right. they're just like, look at this scary thing I drew. And it is truly scary because it's just so many weird components of different animals yeah. that they know. Yeah, flaps the skin like a bulldog. Yeah. Tusks. Yeah. Oh no. A three foot long neck. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though these two descriptions are the most predominant, they're still pretty like wishy-washy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when in the water, the bunyip is said to swim like a frog. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Frogs are the weirdest swimmers yeah. uh-huh. in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they swim with just their legs. Their yeah. long, creepy legs. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, but it chooses to stand on its hind legs and walk erect when on land. What? Towering at about 12 to 15, 12 to 13 feet in oh. height. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no. So my question is, how is this gigantic thing coming out of the water mm-hmm. and no one's seeing it? Right? <laughs> or no one's seeing it enough that they know what it looks like for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and well, although I guess if it's killing them, then, you know. There you go. Um, <sighs> some accounts state that the bunyip was so colossal in size that it could easily pull trees out by their roots and carry one in each arm. Okay, well, first of all, why would it need to do that? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Yikes. Uh-huh. Um, its paws are furnished, it says, with long claws. Its preferred method of killing its prey is by hugging it to death. <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> yeah. Hug death. Yeah. Ooh, what a way to go. Yeah. Hugged by a bunyip, <laughs> which is, like, the scariest. <laughs> oh, it's wet fur in oh, your face. probably smelly. Yeah, for sure. Oh. It's in, like, stagnant water. <laughs> yeah, swamps. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in swamp water. Oh. Um, so there has been some documented evidence of the bunyip, kind of. Um, <laughs> the earliest was... Um, this set of huge, mysterious bones found by the famous <laughs> explorer <laughs> Hamilton Humes in 1818. I've never heard of him, so no. I don't know how famous he is, but <laughs> um, that's what this website said. Humes didn't name these bones as the bunyip, instead believing that they may, may have come from a manatee or a hippopotamus, which are, I don't think... <laughs> Indigenous to Australia? No. <laughs> um, I wouldn't imagine. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, especially a manatee? Yeah. In, like, a lake? Yeah. I feel like manatees are mostly in, like, fl- Florida-ish. Yeah. I don't know, though. That I, is I, weird. I didn't look it up, so I... And hippopotamuses <laughs> are in Africa, I think. Yeah. The continent of Africa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... I have this uh, this idea in my head that this is correct, but I don't actually know for sure, so. Weird, okay. Who knows? Uh, the scholars who heard about this discovery couldn't help but think of the monster described by the Aborigine people mm-hmm. um, and the, the Philosophical Society of Australasia offered to pay Humes to return to the lake where he had found the skeleton and transport it to their headquarters, but he declined. Oh. Yeah. That seems made up then, right? Right. Maybe? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you? 
If you found, like, this amazing skull, why didn't you take it with you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, in 1830, so 12 years later, another set of bones were unearthed in Wellington Cave. The anatomist Sir Richard Owen identified these bones as belonging to a giant, extinct marsupial species. Ooh. Um, at the same time, noting that the surrounding tribes had a tradition about a similar giant creature living in nearby waterways. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, so they're thinking a bunyip could be a marsupial? Uh-huh. Uh, what? <laughs> Australia's full of marsupials. Yeah, but like marsupials that are waterlogged? Mm. Like, what happens to the babies just stuck underwater? Uh, drowns. <laughs> no wonder they went extinct, right? <laughs> no, um, I mean, they can come up, so maybe... I, yeah, I didn't okay. find any information about their mating habits on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could... Maybe it comes out of water for baby time. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, in 1845, the g Advertiser announced yet another fossil discovery, which I think this uh, Geelong, or Geelong, I don't know how to say it, uh, I think this is a newspaper, Um, this time claiming that the fossil had been identified by an aborigine man as belonging to a previously unknown species, the bunyip. This story kick-started a firestorm of monster sightings across Australia. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, in 1847, a bizarre skull was found and attributed to the now extremely extremely popular monster. So this is two years after that newspaper article. Okay. Um, although experts identified the skull as belonging to a deformed fetal calf, <gasps> oh. it was accepted into the Australian Museum in Sydney, where it was displayed as evidence of the bunyip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The display was widely popular until the skull was mysteriously stolen <gasps> from the museum. Ooh, someone's trying to cover something up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a bunyip. Mm. I think you're onto something. <laughs> Another slurry of sightings followed in the wake of the museum's display, but by the end of the 1850s, the monster's fame had entered a slump. Ooh. No one yeah. cared about him anymore. <laughs> um, even though most Australians today believe that the bunyip is Purely mythological, a small pocket of cryptozoologists still cling to the numerous fossils and sightings of Australia's watery monster. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. The most popular theory names the Dryptotodon, a giant marsupial which has been extinct in Australia for over 46,000 years, Ooh. as the famous water beast. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe extinct, maybe not. Maybe not. Mm. Although, again, it's so gigantic. <laughs> you think someone would see it. Um, passionate believers claim that this massive marsupial still lurks in Australia's rugged outback. Yes. While more moderate believers claim the Aborigine people may have a cultural memory of the Diprotodon. <laughs> um, a sort of oral tradition which has been handed down from generation to generation and accepted as true by each new generation. Oh, wow. So they just remember it, yeah. which is crazy. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really neat for how many, yeah, thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And it's still there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, elephant seals and leopard seals have also been proposed as explanations. Okay. Uh, if these seals somehow found their way inland, it, they could easily terrify native people with their size and their loud barks. 
Um, so I found some uh, newspaper quotes from when there were sightings and stuff. So I just wanted to read some of those. Uh, the Tasmanian newspaper, The Mercury, reported an eyewitness encounter in 1935. The witness described the creature as neither dog, seal, hyena, nor Tasmanian devil, <laughs> about the size of a cocker spaniel dog, which what? is small. Yeah. Uh, brindle in color, with hair so fine that at first it looked as though it had none. Ew. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the face resembled that of a ferocious dog, but there were two prominent tusks protruding from the bottom jaw. Ooh. So this is a whole different creature. Yeah, yuck. <laughs> On September 19th, 1929, the Register News told of an account detailing the attack of a dog at Cooper's Creek some 40 years earlier. Quote, we rode over to a large water hole, and the two dogs went for a swim. Almost immediately, one of the dogs was seized by something in the water and dragged under. A violent struggle took place under the water, which soon became stained with blood. Hmm. Presently, the dog and the thing mm -hmm. came to the surface with the dog on top. We grabbed the dog and hauled him out. He was badly cut in the neck and behind the shoulder. Mm. All we saw of the thing which disappeared quickly, was what appeared to be part of its body, a light brown smooth surface, much like a saddle flap in appearance. Saddle flap? <laughs> right. Those references are weird. Yeah. This is <laughs> Yikes, though. ugly. Yeah. Oh, the puppy. Yeah. Didn't say that it died, so mm -hmm. I'm assuming it didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, accounts going back as going as far back as 1855 have also been published. G.C. Mundy, writing in Our Antipodes, depicts the bunyip as a sort of half-horse, half-alligator, mm -hmm. haunting the wide, reedy swamps and lagoons of the interior. Whoa. Yeah. In The Bulla Bulla Bunyip, published in December 1885, <laughs> a bunyip allegedly took up residence nearby an unnamed town. It was described as being bigger than an elephant... Uh, in shape like a bullock. <laughs> okay. Isn't that a testicle? Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> There's nothing else they could have written. So just maybe. like a circle? <laughs> a, a, a lump? Mm -hmm. Gross. I don't know. Maybe it means something else in Australia? Maybe. Hopefully. In 1885? I don't know. <laughs> Um, with eyes like live coals and tusks like a walrus. Ooh. Yeah. My favorite part about this bunyip so far is the tusks, mm -hmm. for sure. It's been in, like, every single description, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Although some of them have said it's on the bottom and some of the mm -hmm. walrus tusks are on the top. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, and the last one we have is on January 19th, 1907, the following account was published in... The bunyip at last in Brisbane's worker paper. Um, a strange creature which has a cry like a seal and very much resembles this well-known amphibious specimen about the head has been seen in a lagoon at Tummit, New South Wales. The tail is described as being like that of a kangaroo running from a fair thickness at the root to a taper at the point. Mm. 
The bunyip, as the residents call it, swims rapidly and as it glides along, keeping its head above the water. Uh, its length from the tip of the nose to the extremity of the tail has been set down at about four feet, Ooh. and the color of the creature is reputed to be black. The animal does not appear to have ears, but if it has, they are very small. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did also find a little folklore thing, a short little one, uh, from this book, Gaddy Mirabuka, Australian Aboriginal Tales from the Dreaming something. <laughs> I can't read the rest of it because it's cut off. Oh, no. I found this on a website, and at, their, at first they wanted me to buy it, and I was like, oh, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like $70 on the website for this book. And I was like, I would love to buy this book, but I don't have 70 I don't yeah. have a dollar. So I can't, I'm not. $70 for a book that's like yeah. interesting, but not right. for college. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe it is for college. Maybe. I don't know. But not for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also on Google Books. So I was able to nice. read it. <laughs> uh, so The Bunny Up in the Forest is an original scary story from Victoria. Retold with permission by Francis Firebrace. Ooh, great name. Mm -hmm. A long time ago, a family of Aboriginal people lived right near a big, deep rainforest. In this family were a mother, a father, a little boy, and his older sister. That's a weird way to say that. It is. <laughs> um, the father was renowned in the tribe as a great warrior and hunter who possessed a magic boomerang. <gasps> They all lived happily for a long time, but the warrior always warned the children of danger, saying, whatever you do, don't go into the forest. Mm. Inside the forest, there's a big, deep water hole. In the depths of that water hole lives an evil creature called a bunyip. Mm. He's such a very fierce bunyip mm -hmm. that it would prove very dangerous to you children if you ever strayed into the forest. Fair. Mm -hmm. So the children played happily around the edge of the rainforest, within sight of their mother and father. One day, while they were playing, they saw a baby possum on the edge of the forest. Oh, no. Forgetting their father's warning, they chased it through the trees. Fools. Yeah. Possum's not worth it. Definitely not. Mm -mm. Also, possum during the day? Right. In That's a sick possum. <laughs> Like, a there's something wrong with A that baby also. possum by itself, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. um, together, they ran and skipped through the forest, following the trail of the baby possum, who knew he was being chased. All of a sudden, the baby possum climbed up the side of a tree and disappeared into a hollow branch, which is where possums live. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of the story. Yes. Oh, my gosh. When they could find no further sign of the possum, the two children looked around, trying to retrace their footsteps. But it was growing dark, and they couldn't recognize the pattern of their footsteps <gasps> on the forest floor. Nocturnal. Mm -hmm. Oh no. Gradually, as it got darker, they began to realize that they were horribly lost. <laughs> uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> the little girl, who was the elder child, said, Come, brother, I'm older than you. I think I know how to find our way home. Taking her brother by the hand, she led him along a track which she thought would lead them out of the forest. Instead, she was mistaken, as the track took them deeper into the forest. <laughs> oh, no. As they rounded a bend, 
they came across the huge water hole, the one their father had warned them oh, about. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Of all, like, that rainforest would be huge, and they just right. happened to make it there. <laughs> Realizing what they'd done, the little girl placed her finger to her lips and whispered, shh, don't make a sound. <sighs> That's it, a horror movie. I don't like that. As they quickly turned to leave, the little boy stumbled over a stick, which had fallen from a tree. Oh my gosh, this is a horror movie. <laughs> God. Snap went the stick as it broke. Snap, 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 snap. (laughs) (laughs) The noise echoed throughout the silence of the forest. (laughs) At the sound, the murky waters of the waterhole stirred. Suddenly, with a huge lunge, a gigantic head arose out of the water, followed by the shoulders of the great bunyip. Angry at being awakened, the bunyip looked around, blinking his large eyes. He saw the two defenseless children. Rearing up high above them, he roared, What are you doing in my forest? Oh, he can speak. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, shaking with fear, the little girl said, We just came to play. Somehow we managed to get lost. Why would you explain yourself to this <laughs> right. giant, horrifying creature? <laughs> the bunyip roared, I don't care. I'm going to catch you, children. <laughs> he lumbered out of the water hole and began to chase them. Just then, there was a flash of white beard and black skin. Their father, who had tracked the children, jumped from behind a tree. He took from his waistband a magic boomerang, and he threw it so hard, it hit the bunyip with a forceful wallop. Nice. This frightened the bunyip. (laughs) But didn't kill him. Didn't hurt him at all. Just scared him. With a mighty roar of pain, it turned and quickly scrambled back into the water hole, disappearing deep beneath the surface of the water, never to be seen again. Mm. The father picked up his frightened children. What did I tell you, eh? (laughs) Never go into the forest. Now you know why. Shaking with fear, the children promised never to go near the forest again. When they arrived home, they found that their mother had prepared a lovely meal of hot kangaroo tail soup (gasps) and witchetty grubs. (laughs) Witchetty grubs? W-I-C-H-E-T-T-Y. And then grubs, so they're insects. Yes, um, they have a picture of the grubs. What a meal! Yeah, what would it be like to be like, oh, good, my favorite <laughs> kangaroo tails and grubs. Yeah, mm. kangaroo tail soup Ugh. in the hot Australian sun. Jungle, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh-huh. God. Mm. Uh, once they'd eaten, the children were soon tucked up in their bed, where their father and mother told them stories like ab- Aboriginal people do. Mm-hmm. And in minutes, they were fast asleep. Oh my gosh. They are lucky. Yeah. Idiot kids. Mm-hmm. You never go in the forest. Don't chase a possum. No. Don't do it. No. They're going to bite you. It's not fun. Like, yeah. what do you, do you think you're going to pick it up? Like, yeah, it's not touch it? It's going to bite you and then you're going to die of rabies. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing Australian possums get rabies. I, I assume all possums have rabies. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That's fantastic. Idiot kids. Yeah. But still, um, I'm still not put off by bunyips, though. You know? Yeah. Like, even with all the bad things supposedly yeah. about them, I still think it would be cool to see one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There have... I couldn't find any stories of, like, someone actually dying or... Mm. Or any legends that had the bunyip killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like there's so many different aspects to it. 
Who knows what's real? Yeah. Not me. True. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I like it. Thank you. Good, good one. Good <laughs> Thanks. one. Cool. All right. So I'm going to be talking about Will of the Wisps. Oh. Oh. That's we have two cute names. So cute. This week. Yeah. Um, so Will of the Wisp, I'm not sure if you've heard of them before, mm-hmm. uh, but they are like little lights, um, usually uh, blue colored that kind of go around swamps. They just move around mm-hmm. and they seem to follow people. Or if you start to like walk towards one, it'll start moving away from you, almost like it's taking you somewhere. Oh. Uh, so there are legends about these types of lights called will the wisps um, all all over the place. Mm. Um, so there's different stories in Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, Appalachia, um, which oh. was the off yeah. the other ones, yeah. uh, and <laughs> Newfoundland, as well as oh. different variations of it oh. all over the world. Um, Asia, in Louisiana, I'll talk about one later. Nice. Um, just all over the place. So these like weird little orbs of light are just um, everywhere. Hmm. So, the term will-o'-the-wisp comes from uh, wisp, which is a bundle of sticks or paper, oh. uh, which are sometimes used as a torch, which I did not know. Oh. I just, like, wisp, like, wispy hair. Like yeah, like a, like a... <laughs> I know, like, how do you explain it? There's <laughs> like no a, words. Like a wisp in the wind. I don't know. Like... Yeah. Like something, like, floaty, really light. Yeah. Um, hmm. like, a li- like a light fabric. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, wisp... Uh, and the name, the name, Will. What? Uh, like William? Meaning, yeah, like William. Like <laughs> Will of the Torch is what it's kind of going for. Um, uh. In the United States, though, they're often called spook lights, which I've never heard. So I don't know if they're often called. Um, or ghost lights or orbs, which I've definitely heard ghost of. Ghost orbs, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. Ghost, I've seen ghost adventures. I know all about orbs. <laughs> So in um, the stories, especially the ones from um, kind of like that European um, kind of Britain area mm-hmm. and Appalachia, it's uh, the stories are told of a protagonist that's named either Will or Jack um, that are doomed. Ah, ah, ooh, ah, you got ah. it. Um, <laughs> that are doomed to haunt marshes or swamps. Um, that kind of stagnanty water mm-hmm. uh, with a light um, for some misdeed that they did. Oh. Um, so, like one version, which is from Shropshire, refers to Will the Smith. <laughs> That's it's like cute. Will Smith, but not. Oh, and it's me. That's yes. you. Um, so, Will was a wicked blacksmith who dies uh, and then is given a second chance by St. Peter um, at the oh. gates of heaven. So he comes back down for some reason, because if he was such a bad guy, why would... Yeah, why would he... First of all, why would he be going up there in the first place? Second, right? uh, why is he given a second chance? <laughs> right? I want to know more about the story, because... Um, yeah, what, how was he so it. wicked? I don't know. They just call him that. What did um, it mean back then? Yeah. You know, like... Wicked, like, funny? <laughs> Wicked cool. Wicked cool. <laughs> um, okay, so, but but he leads such a bad life after he gets his second chance that he ends up being doomed uh, to wander the earth for the rest of his days. Okay, fair. And during that time, I guess, uh, the devil provides him with a single burning coal with which to warm himself. So I guess the devil kind of liked him to give him a gift. Yeah. I don't know. That's nice. Uh, which then... Will uses to lure fo- foolish travelers into the marshes. 
What a he's jerk. a jerk. Yeah, he's unredeemable. Oh, uh, yeah. So, as Cassandra a little ding-ding-ding thought of earlier, uh-huh. mm-hmm, uh, the term jack-o'-lantern um, is the exact same sort of thing. So, Will of the Wisp, mm-hmm. Jack of the Lantern. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, right? Didn't uh, realize that. Yeah, it's weird. That I never thought about that before. <laughs> like, why are we Why are we calling this a jack o' lantern? Yeah, jack of lantern. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then the way that, like, I say it now, it just sounds like it's just one word, like jack o' lantern. Jack o' lantern. <laughs> jack o' lantern. <laughs> Jackal. Jackal. Um, so there's an Irish version of this tale. That talks about a ne'er do well named Drunk Jack. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Who, uh, because he was terrible, the Mm. devil comes to collect his soul, Mm -hmm. but Jack tricks him into turning into a coin. Don't, I have no idea how this guy is so (laughs) sneaky that he tricks the devil into turning the devil himself into a coin. If he's so drunk (laughs) that he's called Drunk Jack, how is he still this smart? Right, how does he have the presence of mind when the devil appears (laughs) to trick him into turning himself into a coin? So, um, but okay, so sorry. The devil comes to collect his soul. Uh, He tricks him tricks the devil into turning into a coin so that he can pay for one last drink. So I guess maybe he's like, can I have one more drink, but I have no money? Can you just turn yourself into a coin for a second? Then as soon as I pay and drink, then you can become the devil again. I don't know. This is (laughs) ridiculous. So when the devil obliges, Jack places him in his pocket next to a crucifix. Which, uh, um, which prevents him from returning into his original form. So the devil is trapped as a coin. It's great. Uh, In exchange for his freedom, the devil grants Jack ten more years of life. That's it? Just ten. I know. Why wouldn't you be like all the riches in the world, 50 more years, whatever. At least. 50 more healthy years. Etc. Et Cure me of my alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Oh. Uh, so when that ten years uh, ends, mm-hmm. the devil comes again to collect Jack, mm-hmm. but Jack tricks the devil again. What? <laughs> the devil fell for it twice. Uh, I know. I know. Ooh, ooh. Okay. So Jack makes him climb a tree. Makes the devil climb a tree. I don't even know how he is able to get... How dumb is the devil? Isn't, like, the devil known as, like, the best like liar? The like, the trickster. The trickster, yeah. yeah. And yet, Jack the original trickster twice? Man. Um, the devil must be, like, in love with Jack or something. Like, he's like, okay, I oh, guess. All right, I guess. Why not? It'll make you happy. <laughs> so, uh, the devil climbs a tree. And then Jack carves a cross underneath um, in the tree, which prevents the devil from climbing down. So the devil is trapped at the height of a tree. Oh my god. Love it. Um, In exchange for removing the cross, the devil forgives Jack's debt. 
<laughs> so the debt is probably having to go to hell. Right. So then Jack's okay. like, oh, you're cool. I get to go to heaven. Whatever. Right. But, obviously, he's a big jerk. Right. The devil wanted him twice. Right. So heaven doesn't want him. Right. So he's forced to go back down to hell and ask if he can stay there. So he goes down to the devil and he's like, hey, like, knock, knock. Uh, it's me, Jack. Um, can I stay here? Because heaven won't have me. So the devil obviously denies him. Sure. Um, which is in yeah, revenge. Fool me for once. Everything that he said. I, right? <laughs> fool me twice. Shame on me. Duh. Um, fool me three times. You're not coming to stay with me. Right. So he's like, um, no, you can't, you can't stay here. But he kind of takes a little bit of pity on him. So he hands what? him. I know, right? <laughs> He hands him an ember from the fires of hell to light his way through the twilight world. Uh, because he's trapped in this twilight world. Right. Because that's where lost souls are forever condemned. That's what the story says. Yikes. Yikes. Um, so Jack places it in a carved turnip to serve uh-huh. as a lantern. Mm-hmm. And so then he uses the lantern. Um, in another part of the story that I read also, which um, I don't have here, and it was like unsubstantiated not that this is all true (laughs) but like the other part was i don't don't know but he tries to sell the turnip with the ember of hell in it to someone else and he's just like oh it's just a lantern (laughs) because he's a jerk oh my god he's like a straight up con man (laughs) right (laughs) like he can't give up the con he's the best con man but he's also a drunk (laughs) apparently which doesn't wash in my head right <laughs> how can you be that drunk and also that smart right like, mm, i don't know i mean it would be one thing if 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 the story started with he liked to drink or you know whatever but the mm. fact that he's called drunk jack <laughs> by everyone around him and right. the story mm-hmm. that's too drunk too drunk to do anything <laughs> too drunk to fool the devil twice <laughs> uh, just, yeah ridiculous huh. So there's one more, like, story. This one's straight from Louisiana. Ooh. And um, I gotta tell you, in all honesty, I had been pronouncing this wrong in my head <laughs> for days. <laughs> so it's spelled F-I-F-O-L-E-T. So I was like, uh, Fifalette. Fifalette. Like, Fifal the mouse. Uh-huh. But smaller. So yeah. Fifalette. Um... <laughs> Which is untrue, totally untrue. Uh-huh. So it's actually pronounced uh, "fifole." That makes sense if it's from Louisiana. Yeah, right. So it's uh, <laughs> en français. Uh-huh. So uh, "fifole." Huh. So Louis- I like that better. Uh, me too. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like a fancy cat. Mm-hmm. It sounds like an American <laughs> bastardation of something that's French. So like you would go to McDonald's and get something that's like French, like <laughs> "fifole" of fish. You know, where you're like. <laughs> It's kind of French, but it's also Filet dumbed fish. down for yeah. Americans. Yeah. Well, um, it's probably Creole. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that actually yeah, so kind of is what it is, right? <laughs> it's like French. It's like, yeah, it's not like it's not like French, French like they speak in France, but mm-hmm. it's a variation of French. Yeah. So, uh, So here it is. Louisiana has its share of dark history, Um, and amongst tales of ghosts, vampires, and voodoo, there are also pirates. Not sure sure where I thought that sentence was going, but it was not there. there. Um, Oh my god. Right? Pirates, get ready for a pirate tale. Like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh my god. 
gosh. So I have to tell you that before this episode, um, Eva, who's our mutual friend, uh-huh. she like poked her head in while I was like doing research and she's like, if you guys don't make one Scooby-Doo reference, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> yes, Eva. I did so it true. for you and I didn't even know. All right? That's amazing. <laughs> um, so remember pirates. Okay. <laughs> The most notorious was Jean Lafitte. Legend has it that when Lafitte would bury his treasures, and this is horrifying, he would kill a crewman and bury the body along with the loot. What? Mm-hmm. Why? So the crewman was then bound to vengefully guard the treasure for eternity. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, like... Then Lafitte's going to come back and want his treasure later, right. but then there's going to be, like, a super vengeful spirit. Like, you killed me. <laughs> like, you're not going to get Is this. it, like, null and void? Because he's the one that did the killing and baby. <laughs> it's like a horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, weird. Um, so, the spirit of the murdered crewman would then arise as a fifolet. Accounts from those having encountered the being describe the fifile as a glowing orb, typically like blue in hue. Uh, <laughs> so there is a tale of two railway workers uh, having encountered the fifile near Lake Pontchartrain. They were awoken by a soft glowing light as it moved through the trees surrounding their camp. The workers, familiar with local legend, grabbed their shovels, love it, before pursuing the fifile, because they were hoping that it would take it directly to their treasure. Huh. Uh, suddenly, the glowing orb sank into the ground. Oh. The two men rushed to the spot and began digging at the relentless muck beneath their feet. Oh, no. Suddenly, one of their shovels hit something solid. Ooh. No. Uh, eager to find <laughs> what made the thud, uh, they began to dig with their hands until Ooh. they did indeed uncover oh, a wooden God. treasure chest. Oh, God. Frenzied by the discovery and fueled by greed, oh. one of the men suddenly struck the other in the head <laughs> with his shovel. What? Because he wanted it all for himself. Oh, my God. People yeah. are crazy. People are Evil, oh, yeah. man. Um, with his cohort unconscious, the man began trying to pull the chest from the muck. The harder the man pulled, the further he sank into the waterlogged soil. Because he's in a swamp, obviously. Mm-hmm. Soon he found himself fighting against the swamp, sinking to his death. You idiot. I know. <laughs> if, if only you had a friend to help you. <laughs> right. His partner, having been awakened by his screams... Woke to see the man and the treasure chest sink into the ground. Yikes. Well, I guess it's lucky that he got hit in the head. Yeah, I guess. It's true, because <laughs> he survived. Right. Um, fearing that he may suffer the same fate, he fled the scene, spending the remainder of the night shivering in fear within his tent. Oh. Did he go to the hospital? Oh, probably not. <laughs> there were no hospitals back then. Hmm. When daylight came... The man returned to the spot where the treasure and his partner had sunk deeply into the ground. When he arrived, he found that the ground was hardened and appeared undisturbed, other than the two shovels that lay across the spot where the treasure had been discovered. Stop. Really in an X. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of X marks the spot. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. I did not expect pirates. Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) But apparently, so, all of the... Huh. Um, the fifoles down in Louisiana are from 
buried treasure, kind of. Fun. What it sounded like. It was really interesting. Huh. So what are they really? Like, do we really think that they are these supernatural orbs? Yes. Or yes. just something else? Yes, I do. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Um, so in modern science, it is generally accepted that the will-o'-the-wisp phenomena, um, called the ignis fatus, <laughs> I love, um, are cursed, are caused, <laughs> got too much cursing on the brain, um, so the, <laughs> okay, uh, are caused by the oxidation of phosphine, diphosphane, which and is methane. Like glowy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like yep. phosphorus. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So these compounds produced by organic decay, so the decaying of the swamp, um, can cause photon emissions, which sounds full full on Star Trek. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it does. Since phosphine and um diphosphane <laughs> gosh mixtures <laughs> spontaneously ignite on contact with the oxygen in the air, um, only small quantities of it would be needed to ignite the much more abundant methane to create these kind of fires, these like floating fires. Oh. So it's just gases coming up, and when they hit the oxygen, they ignite. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah, right. Okay, science. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather believe that it's a dead pirate. <laughs> Me too. Um, so, in fact, actually, this idea of the will-o'-the-wisp phenomena being caused by natural gases um, can actually be found in literature back as far as uh, 1596. What? Uh-huh. So, as mentioned in this book, which this book has the longest, <laughs> most ridiculous name. Yes. And it's also written, you know, 1596, so before, um, oh, before spelling was... Modernized. Modernized, yeah, mm -hmm. and made into a regular thing. So it's just, it is all over the place. Yes. Um, so this, this book is called Of Ghosts and Spirits, Walking by Night, and of Strange, which I think is strange, but he throws a U in there. It's, it's strange. Strange. It's definitely strange. Strange. Um, and of strange noises. <laughs> Cracks and sundry forewarnings, which commonly happen before the death of men, colon, great slaughters, and alterations of kingdoms. <laughs> but, like, every word is misspelled. So, like, yeah. noises is spelled, like, N-O-Y-S-E-S. -E they spelled it phonetically. Yeah. And, like, every word that ends in S, he adds an E right before it. So, like, um, cracks, cracks, which is a normal word, uh -huh. spelled C-R-A-C-K, normal, E-S. Uh -huh. So, crackers. Crackers. So, it's more like, of ghosts and spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Walking by night. Anyway, it's ridiculous. But this is written by um, Ludwig Lavater. Sure. No. Uh, so, take it up with him. Um, I love this. But So, this is written in the chapter, which is titled... Quote, that many natural things are taken to be ghosts. So then he writes in this um, ridiculous book, uh, Many times candles and small fires appear in the night and seem to run up and down. Sometime, <laughs> sometime, sometime, these fires <laughs> go alone in the night season and put such as see them as they travel by night in great fear 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you're like, where is it going? Could this I'm possibly literally, be right? like, moving my head trying to follow, like, <laughs> looking. And, like, <laughs> oh, it. man. Um, but these things, and many such like, have their natural causes. Mm. Natural philosophers write uh, that thick exhalations arise out of the earth and are kindled. Mines full of sulfur and brimstone, if the air enter unto it, as it lieth in the holes and veins of the earth, will kindle on fire and strive to get out. So there you have it. Science. <laughs> Stupid science, bitch. <laughs> he also said, like, what, um, natural philosophers? Like, is that what is scientists that, would That's call? exactly what I was thinking. Right. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah natural philosophers. I guess, because they didn't have the word science. And they didn't have any uh, ways to prove anything, so it was always kind of philosophers. <laughs> right. Like, it was people who look at natural things and they're like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that trees grow this way because yeah. of this. Yeah. Mm. And people were like, all right, sure. All right, sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... There have been a lot of um, tests and things on these willed wisps of these like little fires, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a hundred percent certain that it's for sure a scientific no. reaction. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> since I love the supernatural and I always want to stick with it, uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna instead end it on um, this note. Early critics of the March gas hypothesis often dismissed it on various grounds, including the unlikeliness of spontaneous combustion, mm-hmm. the absence of warmth in some of the observed uh, ignis fetus, uh, <laughs> the odd behavior of it receding upon being approached. So an example of such criticism is the following by the American anthropologist John G. Owens in Folklore from Buffalo Valley, which was written in 1891. So, he writes, this is a name that is sometimes applied to a phenomenon, uh, perhaps more frequently called Jack of the Lantern or Will of the Wisp. It seems to be a ball of fire, varying in size from that of a candle flame to that of a man's head. Oh, shit. Right? (laughs) It is generally observed in damp, marshy places, moving to and fro, but it has been known to stand perfectly still and send off scintillations. Um, as you approach it, it will move, keeping just beyond your reach. If you retire, it will follow you. That these fireballs do occur and that they will repeat your motion seems to be established, but no satisfactory explanation has yet been offered that I have heard. Those who are less superstitious say that it is the ignition of the gases rising from the marsh, which is what you heard, Mm -hmm. but how a light produced from burning gas could have the form described and move as described advancing as you advance, uh, receding as you recede, and at other times remaining stationary without having any visible connection with the earth is not clear to me. So he w- he thought that it might not be science. So I'm going to think that maybe it's not science. <laughs> this one... I'm going to artfully choose which pieces <laughs> I want to believe well, that's, in. Well, that's the glory of uh, living in America. You <laughs> believe whatever you want. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Thankfully, mine just sticks with, like, will-o'-the-wisps. Right. Like, um, I know that I'm being stupid. But, <laughs> <laughs> but why not be a little stupid sometimes? It's fun. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so I like to believe that they're real, even though there's yeah. a lot of science behind it saying that it's probably not. But. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. 
Science is a liar sometimes. It's true. There are more things on heaven and earth than are found in these natural philosophies. (laughs) Natural philosophers. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Done. That's Um, from Shakespeare? That's, um... I think so. They said that in The Haunting of Hill House. It's great. I love this quote. That nerdy thing that Stephen said. Um, Horatio. No. Things in heaven and earth. Horatio. Yes! You nailed it! Yes! Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) I'm the winner. There was so, there was such a funny, I told this to Cassandra like 15 minutes ago when I was finishing (laughs) my research. (laughs) But there was this uh, quote by this reverend, which I'm going to tell you right now, which Cassandra has obviously forgotten about. Um, but I truly <laughs> do not know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so there were all of these stories in this um, area in Wales that were still oh, nothing. Right, there, there you go. You I, got remember it. Now, <laughs> I remember now. I remember now. Holy shit. Oh my god. I was just like a blank slate. Like, I was like... What? <laughs> what? No. What? So, um, in this area of Wales, there were all of these supernatural stories that were told all the time, mm-hmm. um, and so the origin of many of them have actually been attributed to this uh, minister from Pontypool, the Reverend Edmund Jones. So he um, he wrote some really interesting, cool supernatural stories mm-hmm. uh, that he believed were all very true. He, yeah. like, he would get them from other people, and so he believed in them. Right. And his quote is, For when man came to deny the being of spirits, the next step is to deny the being of God, who is a spirit. <laughs> I know, right? So that's kind of that whole, like, there yeah, are more yeah, things yeah. on heaven and earth than are found in your philosophy. Horatio. Horatio. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So anyway, that's where I am. <laughs> I believe what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to believe than to than to have to be a full like, skeptic yeah. about everything. You know, I'm... it's like watching movies and being like actually enthralled and yeah. actually having like stake in it when you're watching it, as opposed to people who are just like, blah blah blah, it's a scary movie, it's not real. Blah, blah, blah. This would never happen. I'm this a film way. critic. I oh. suck. Blah blah blah. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I know. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like a lot of movies that most people dislike. Right. Um, so oh. I know. But you can just have fun. I like it. Life. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> what other people, um, the, like, academic side of entertainment for me is like, <clears throat> yeah, just, like, shut your pile. Let me like it. Let me like it. Let me like what I like. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So anyway, so those are our swamp monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, neither of these things are what I kind of anticipated we would talk about Mm -mm. for some reason. I don't know exactly what. I thought you were going to do the skunk ape, um, to be perfectly honest. That's true. Um, Because we still haven't done that one. Mm -hmm. I looked looked into it a Mm -hmm. bit, and then also looked into the honey... The Honey Island. Yeah, ape, yeah, yeah. Which is very, which is pretty much a skunk ape. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, you know what, no. So it's, yeah, swamps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're pretty gross. Swamps, they're scary, but also fun. <laughs> but cute. And they have the most adorable named creatures ever. True, yeah, weird. Little wisp, bunyip. What are they almost wowie. called? Wowie. Wowie, wowie. Wowie, wowie. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, all right, so that is our episode. Check us out on Instagram where we're going to have our next poll for our themed episode. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> um, fun. All right, so I guess this is a point where we say, see you later, ghouls and boys. Bye. Bye. Don't tell anything. Don't say anything. (laughs) Shut your mouth.